Well, welcome to Q&A. We're so glad that you have decided to join us, whether you're watching live after the service or listening back on the podcast. We are grateful you are here. And if you're listening live this morning, the number's up on the screen, and it is an open invitation for you to text in your questions from this morning. So uh, continuing through Ephesians chapter 3, 2021, and the statement, this prayer uh, that we really work through and pray through this morning, we believe you are able to do more than we think because your power is beyond what we can imagine. Wow. Uh, just Yeah, he, he said it better right. uh, in the text. <laughs> well, it's a good that summary. Was, yeah, that was attempt to be a summary. Um, but I've come to... I've come to really see that there is a direct correlation between what I genuinely believe about God mm-hmm. and what I'm willing to ask him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and I think it's theoretically, we always believe, we oh, most of us would say, yeah, I believe he can do anything. Yeah, I believe we can do anything. But then we stop short in our asking or we qualify our asking with all sorts of outs because we're just not, I think it reveals that that I'm not sure he does believe. And certainly part of my story was there was years and years of my life as a follower of Jesus that I did not ever ask for God's healing work in people's lives, because I just wasn't sure, uh, um, <clears throat> based on what I had been taught, I wasn't sure he really did that anymore. And uh, I am 100% convinced that he does. And in asking, I've seen him work really in supernatural ways here at the chapel. Absolutely. Some incredible stories yeah. um, over the years. Uh-huh. And so with uh, that heal that time of healing prayer. The question here: You had a time of healing prayer. Does my sin have an effect on God working in my healing? Ah. That's a that's a a good question. Um, <clears throat> there seems to be a connection between my sin and God's work in my life. Mm. In First Peter three, um, <clears throat> the specific context there, uh, I should. I should read it so that people understand um, the specific context is marriage. First Peter three seven. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. So. Uh, without getting into what it's saying about marriage there, I do think that there is a connection between our obedience to what the Scripture says and our prayers mm. being hindered. Uh, that's what it says here. So <clears throat> I think part of that is I want to make sure, again, we declare very clearly there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So my sin does not separate me from God. It does not bring about the judgment of God. But we said maybe a few weeks ago, maybe it was just last week with J. Monk, that what our sin does as followers of Jesus, it doesn't separate us from God, but it breaks the relationship of the fellowship that we uh, 
that we share. And so fellowship in the New Testament is often referred to walking together. You know, we walk with the Lord. But there's a great uh, verse in the Old Testament that says, two don't walk together unless they agree. And so when the Lord says, walk in this way, and we choose not to, in the terms of the question, when we choose not to walk in what he says, we sin. We're not walking with the, the Lord in that moment. And therefore, I do believe that it impacts our praying. We might not be able to pray with believing in that moment. <clears throat> we might not be able to pray what the Lord wants us to pray because we're not listening to him. We're walking our own way. So yes, I do think there is a, a connection between my prayers and whether I'm living in obedience to the Lord without saying this, Tracy, without saying that if you will live in a righteous life, then God will always answer all your prayers. Good distinction. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't want us to, to think that somehow that the key is up to me. No, we're asking. The prayer is about asking. So we believe that he can. We ask that he will. The proof that we're asking is that we demonstrate if he doesn't do what we said, we still trust him and the evidence that we're trusting is we praise him. So that four-part statement that we use a lot here, if you don't know it, believe that he can, ask that he will, trust what he does, praise him no matter what. If I'm not willing to trust what he does with my request, then I wasn't really asking. Hmm. I was demanding and now when he didn't do it, I'm not praising him. I'm shaking my fist at him. So our confidence and our prayer is not in the outcome of our asking. It's in the God who we ask. Mm. That's why the uh, I hope people really caught it's who we pray to that's far more important than even what we pray. Mm. Um, and as an additional <clears throat> follow-up, um, this individual asks, what verses would you recommend clinging to when God chooses not to heal a sickness? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> This person may know this, but um, the verse, the passage that I think speaks to that most directly is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, because it's a biblical account of the Apostle Paul asking God to do something, and God says, no. And I cling that he says in verse 9, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, no, instead of taking away what you're asking, I'm going to let you experience my grace in your weakness. And he says, most gladly, therefore, I'll rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecution, with difficulties. And what are those things? Those are all things that we try to pray away. Mm-hmm. We try to pray away weaknesses, insult, distresses, persecutions, and difficulties. He says, I'm actually well content with them for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So I cling to the fact that Paul asked, God said no, he trusted him, and he gave him praise in the midst of that. The other passage would be Romans 8.28, for we know that God works all things together for good to those who love God who are called according to his purposes. Mm-hmm. So I remember that I am as prone 
to foolishness before a all-knowing God as my four-year-old was prone to foolishness as to me as an earthly dad. My four-year-old wanted to do uh, stupid things and stupid things. He, in other words, he wanted to do things that would not be helpful, would be harmful, and I didn't say yes to him. So sometimes we just can't figure out. And I've had this. God, how can you not want to do this? This would be good. This would glorify right. you. But uh, I trust his wisdom. And so uh, Romans 8.28 and then uh, Isaiah 55, I believe it is, his, the thoughts of the Lord are higher than my thoughts. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. So there's, there's things that I believe the Lord sees, knows, uh, that I don't know. And so I trust him. And those are encouragements for us. There's also a question about being able to encourage others. And these verses can also yeah. encourage others as well. Anybody. Oh, no, they're so, only for us. Yeah. <laughs> Just teasing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should always encourage yes. others with what encourages us. So that's Absolutely. what encourages me. That's how I answered. What right. encourages me, that's what I would say. Right. Romans eight twenty eight definitely verse that I have clung to many times in my life and then been able to the Lord recall those mm-hmm. in my mind when having a conversation with somebody and explain, <clears throat> here's how this verse impacted my life during my struggle. Yeah. And so to then be able to use those scriptures to encourage others can be powerful as well. Um, trusting, uh, maybe this is this is so big, so beyond us. I love the 2 Corinthians 12 passage because it's maybe more real, more real to life. But when uh, Jesus on the in the garden before the cross says, uh, Father, would you let this cup pass from me? In other words, would I not have to endure this hardship, but not my will, your will be done. And so when I see uh, the wisdom and the goodness of God and even allowing the only only righteous person, mm-hmm. truly righteous person to ever live, suffer. Uh, that seems wrong, but it was in the goodness of God. So if I can rejoice in the suffering of the cross, that really challenged me. challenges me. How can I not rejoice in my own suffering? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's another area that I go to in my mind of Jesus on the cross and his yeah. willingness to endure the cross. Mm, great reminder. Great reminder. So uh, next question here. How do we not grow weary from asking for miracles? Yeah, great question. First of all, and it just occurs to me, I am super grateful that folks, I'm grateful that you're engaging in this way. Absolutely. This is really one of my favorite things to do. So I hope you'll never stop asking because if you stop answering, then I get to stop engaging in this way. <laughs> um, so thanks for the questions. Yes. So the question, how do you not grow weary of asking? Asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I not grow weary of asking? Well, I have. <laughs> um, I shared. Uh, I grew weary in the sense of one time I thought it was beyond me. Uh, it was beyond the Lord, which is a stupid stop. I, I didn't really think it was beyond the Lord. I just lost sight of the Lord. And I thought mm-hmm. the man's de- declaration uh, 
I don't believe, I'm not going to believe, it just kind of shut me down and I lost sight of the Lord. So how do I not grow weary? Here's another passage that I've often um, thought of. I know it in the story in my head better than actually I know um, where it is in the in the gospel. But, uh, yeah, it's in Luke chapter 8. Uh, Jesus has been healing folks. He's This huge crowd is following a woman with a 12-year bleed who hasn't been able to be helped by anyone, reaches out, touches him. She's healed in that act of faith. The Lord stops. There's this whole conversation. And in that, here's what has always helped me to not grow weary in asking God for miracles. It says in verse 49 of Luke 8, while this woman had stopped, uh, a person who had been seeking Jesus for a miracle uh, is then, here's what happens to that person, verse 49, while he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died, do not trouble the teacher anymore. So uh, it's like it's too late. And there's probably some frustration. Kind of, yeah, it's, the woman's been healed, but she slowed Jesus down. Right. Mm-hmm. And they say, uh, we wanted her to heal your daughter. You wanted him to heal your daughter, but it's mm-hmm. too late. She's died. And here's what Jesus says, uh, verse 50. Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe and she will be made well. Well, she's not sick. She's dead. And what I've always been struck with is uh, two things from this passage. Number one, we can tend to think, uh, Lord, I was prepared to believe you to heal, mm-hmm. not to raise the dead. Mm-hmm. So we might all have our places where what we're prepared to ask God for and then beyond. I hope this morning's challenge encouraged us to, to not stop with that line, but to go beyond. Like he encouraged, Jesus mm-hmm. encouraged the man, hey, if I'm going to heal her, I can raise her from the dead. So Jesus, Not a yeah, yeah, Jesus isn't like, oh man, now I'm out of my zone. That's um, <laughs> out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. But what I love about this is um, the delay. Jesus said, "Don't let the delay discourage you." Mm. The time. Yeah, I'm. Yes, I'm him. later than what you thought, but don't let that discourage you. What you say. Uh, don't be afraid any longer, only believe. And so if you're growing weary, don't be afraid, don't grow weary, only believe. Continue to believe that not only is the Lord perfect in his will, he's perfect in his timing. And so uh, I know we want God to move now, and there's nothing wrong with asking him to move now. Uh, but we trust we trust his timing. So if it's as long <laughs> as long as you have breath and the situation remains what it is, I would encourage you to keep keep asking. Jesus says, the woman who didn't stop knocking got the door answered. So keep knocking. It's a great encouragement. And yeah. thinking about that, the timing, as many times as I've read through this story, 
not thinking about the delay. Yeah. Like there's no, it, it was God's perfect timing. There was no yeah. limitation on what he could do and when. Yeah. And it, and it's, I think he tells the story in a manner to help us to get the, the delay because there's, he introduces that father in verse 40 and then this woman interrupts the story and the delay leads to, don't bother him, he's, she's died. But the Lord is not, uh, the Lord is, <clears throat> here's what a good friend, uh, when I was brand new in ministry here at the chapel, he would say, the Lord is never late, but rarely early. So my dad would always say, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that and, phrase. Uh, yeah, uh, he doesn't operate on my mm-hmm. timetable, so keep asking. Keep knocking. Mm, absolutely. So along the trail of miracles and physical healing, why do you think miraculous physical healing is less common today than it was in biblical times? Uh, well, first of all, I don't know that it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, remember, we have recorded in the scriptures, in the Gospels, a three-year ministry of mm-hmm. Jesus and so when I look at the, the body of Christ, when I look at what God has done at the chapel in the last three years, miracles have occurred. Mm-hmm. And I prayed again this morning before the services, Lord, would there be a work, a miraculous work of your spirit in your body today? So I'm trusting that, I'm asking, I should say, I'm asking that the Lord worked miracles today. That's just one local body. Mm-hmm. How many churches, the true body of Christ around the world, miracles are happening a lot. So uh, I'm not sure that it is, number one. Mm-hmm. If it is less today than it was then, number one, it may be because we don't believe, because it always starts with believing, we don't believe. Uh, <clears throat> when Jesus went home in his earthly ministry to Nazareth, it literally says he couldn't do many miracles there because they didn't believe. Mm. They were like, ah, this is Jesus. He grew up here. We know this. He's not like, we need somebody like awesome. And people are always better if they're from out of town. <laughs> the guest speaker is always better the than the home speaker. team, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is why it's good to be a guest speaker sometimes, I guess. Um, <laughs> But Jesus did less in Nazareth because mm-hmm. they didn't believe. It literally says it, it says he, because they didn't believe. So, and we don't be, when we don't believe, we don't ask. I was really challenged. I taught this on Thursday night, but I didn't uh, even, it was this morning that I was challenged that he says he's able to do abundantly beyond more than we would ask or think. But that doesn't mean he does what we think. It says he does what we ask. And so uh, I was challenged with, what do I think? Oh, man, Lord, that would be awesome for you to do. But then I don't ask him to do it. Uh, I watched in the room, and maybe you felt it at home. There's that moment of, whoa, am I going to stand mm-hmm. publicly and right. declare I'm asking the Lord for something? There's, there's a humility. There's a, a next step of believing that happens, not just with a thought, but with an asking. So 
if it really is less today than it was then, it would be because we don't believe or we don't take the step to ask. But usually we don't ask because we don't believe. Hmm. Well, with our last minute or so here, any encouragement scripture that you would want to leave with? These are great questions. Yeah. And so I second what Doug said earlier. Thank you for sending them in and engaging. This is really an awesome time of conversation. Uh, the well, first, if you're not sure that God does the miraculous, uh, and you're a follower of Jesus, remember this: He raised Jesus from the dead. And if that is the centerpiece of our faith, the resurrection from the dead, then how can I not be prepared to believe that God does the miraculous? I point to that because that's what changed in my heart. It was an Easter Sunday. How can I believe that Jesus was, I'm going to preach a sermon that God has raised Jesus from the dead, but I'm not sure he can do the supernatural. So that was a turning point. Second, sometimes we're afraid to ask because if we ask and God says no, we will feel like uh, God doesn't care. God doesn't love me. If he did, he would. We're afraid to ask because we're afraid the outcome will result in disappointment with God. And I want to encourage you. Our asking is rooted in our belief in God, not in our hope in an outcome. And sometimes the purifying work of God in the delay of our asking is he is purifying in my heart. Do you want me or do you want an outcome? So that may be another encouragement for those of you who are growing weary. The Lord may be purifying your heart to be trusting in him and in him alone. A good reminder for this morning. So we're so glad that you have joined us, and we look forward to more questions next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks.